a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. This is Anaheim 2 Wrap-Up. Lots to talk about uh, this uh, week, whether it's Kenny Roxon's crash, Ryan Dungey's win, Jason Anderson's Vince Freeze, Justin Hill. Uh, lots to talk about. And so thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Get it on Stitcher. Get it on iTunes. Get it on Apple. Leave us a review on iTunes. That'd be great. Talk about how great this show is. That'd be awesome. And uh, we really appreciate it. Fly Racing. Guys like Weston Pike, fifth last night. Uh, Millsaps and Baggett, top ten for both of them. They take an F2 carbon helmet right out of the box onto the racetrack. It's got MIPS, 10 graphic styles, 22 colorways. F2 carbon helmet is a standard form as close to a factory race bike for a helmet as you can get. And don't forget, flyracing.com, they make much more than uh, uh, motocross gear, mountain bike gear, snowmobile stuff, the hard parts line. Fly racing, fly racing, flyracing.com. Check them out, everybody. All right, I'm Steve Mathis, uh, Anaheim 2 wrap-up, like I said, with me on the line to discuss some Anaheim 2 comings and goings. First up, he is a, a vice champion of the 125 Supercross West Division. He is a vice champion of a uh, Supermoto Championship. Um, he's also uh, works for RacerX Online, former factory rider David Pingree. What's up, Ping? Hey, what's going on, Steven? Four Ready to do this. Four 125 Supercross wins as well. Yep. 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 Um, also on the line from uh, my boss at RacerX Online, he's the voice of GNCC, the voice of American Motocross, the voice of Enduro Cross, the voice of Geneva Supercross, the voice of Quad Racing, the Jason Wygant. <laughs> yeah. You like that, The voice ping? of Quad Racing. I love it. Yeah, he does the quads. Yeah, I am the voice of uh, 13 rounds of Quad Racing, ATV Motocross Championship. I mean... Dominated by fly racing. Dominated by fly racing, let me say. Yeah, if you got a quad, you wear fly. Fl- you wear fly. I, I think it's actually a spec series. Spec gear. You have to wear <laughs> it's, it. It's like JT racing in the early 80s. Just they had everybody. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what fly racing pays you to sponsor this show and these programs, but it's not enough. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Man, it's like a barrage of fly. I mean, it, you, could, you could come into listening to this show hating fly, and when it's over... You've somehow gone online it. and ordered a whole set. Yeah, it's already on you. <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> Thank you. We try our best. They just keep throwing more and more money at us every year, and we just go, okay, all right, fine. Um, hey, so uh, uh, first up, Weej, I, we should have asked you before I hit record, are we picking the winner for the Glendale Supercross Hangout? Uh, that would be uh, – that's being picked Monday. You still have time, uh, although I don't know when this podcast will actually be officially published. Uh, but we'll give it one more push here. Uh, we'll go through the entries of people that decided to, yes, win a hangout with Steve and I this Saturday coming up at Glendale. 
Uh, second prize, two days of hanging out with us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this hey, is... if you guys need me to sift through uh, like all eight of the people who submitted an entry, <laughs> yeah. let me know. I'll, yeah. I'll pour over the you know. Okay. Pick one out. Wow. What if these guys? What What if they win ping and they're like, Hey, Mathis, we want to go meet Marty. Take us by. I'm just like, oh, uh, yes. In fact, if they don't, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> right, exactly. I'll be like, Mar- you're the king of putting people into awkward situations. That would be the appropriate thing for them to do is take you over there. I said hi to Marty once. He didn't say hi back. Well, yeah. well. Um, shocking. We were, well, this is coming out tomorrow, Weech. So did we just add in the audio then of the winner or something? Uh, I don't believe we had to answer it on the the, the show. I want oh, to integrate it in. Yeah, no. it, it said it on Instagram. It'll be announced on the Racer X podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> How about that? Well, I think we're doing it at like 10 a.m. tomorrow Eastern time, so okay. a little uh, late for that. Whatever. All right. I had some very smart fans. These three guys come up to me uh, yesterday morning, and they're like, hey, man, we won the contest for Anaheim, too, so take us around. It's an excellent move. Like, get us inside the trucks. Take us to the press box. Get us lunch. You're like, huh? We're the winners this weekend. You're like, what? I'm like, did I not know about this? I, I very good chance I didn't. You know how these things work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A very good chance that we know Coombs pretty well. All of us. He just told somebody. Yeah, yeah. Go to Anaheim Two Weeds. We'll take you around. Yeah, yeah. That's, exactly. That would, full Davy move. Yes, exactly. Um, Hey, so uh, um, I guess I wrenched at Anaheim, too. We can get to that in a little bit, but Ping is looking for you. Your, your rider took out my rider, Jimmy Dude, Albertson. I, I thought those two were angry at each other. I'm watching from the stands going, oh, oh man, it's going to be a fight. Mm-hmm. And then they're high-fiving afterwards. And stuff. Yeah. Like, All right. That's how they do it. Yeah. That, was, that was cool, I, I guess. I did give Jimmy the middle finger, though. <laughs> I wasn't happy, but <laughs> <laughs> he just laughed, so I don't know. Um well, maybe talk uh, to- I just wish, Ping, you had been the wrench for Jimmy. I mean, that would have been the most epic thing ever. You both would have been the mechanics for two riders battling for a transfer spot. We were this close. Yeah. Oh. Well, maybe we can do it another time. I just, I had my girls there and my wife. And, and you had a baseball helmet of nachos. I did. Oh, my gosh. I've got a full, had a full Angels baseball helmet full of nachos and chicken and beans and guacamole. <laughs> it was a mess, dude. But, um, what are you going to do? Yeah, no. It did, but wait a minute, Ping. When you worked for Top Jimmy at A1, did you actually work on the bike? No, he had the guy from Merge up there kind of down. And I just wiped it down. I'd Windex it down. Okay. And uh, I handled pit board duties, you know, the bike, the jacket, the water, yep. the whole nine, you know, right. operation down at the gate because uh, Jim didn't want to go down. Georgia didn't want to do it. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. But, I, uh, I mean, let's be real. There's not. It's like put gas in it and. Well, you know, I adjusted adjust the chain. Yeah. Maybe. I adjusted the chain. I changed wheels for the night show. I put a um, I put a overflow hose on because his his was too short and leaking onto the pipe. And I got a factory Cowie radiator cap, one point eight radiator cap from Cowie guys. So. You know. Well, you're really doing it. Um, But it it all paid off. Oh, Oh, fantastic. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think that's what my column is going to be this week. Why again? I'm just going to write about that. I don't know what else to, you know. Oh, I know Uh, you were you were fully focused and probably don't even know who won. I I don't even know who won the race. I finally made it up to the I watched uh, the last three laps of 250 main and then watched all the 450 main from the rider seating section. So great times. All right. um, (laughs) Well, let's start with Kenny Roxon. Damn it. 
Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Right. Um, Damn it. Uh, phenomenal ride to start the year. Ripping through the pack probably would have got second. Well, would have got second for sure. Maybe one. Although Dunge and him were kind of matching times. And then a big old crash. Um, I was talking to Millsaps and Burn in the uh, Rocky Mountain truck. And we were. I saw some video from behind of, the, of Kenny's crash. And they said it was ruts. And then I'm like, I don't think it was ruts. Uh, I thought he went too long on the jump off and, and, and hit. Kind of landed in the transition. And that sent him up. Millsaps was saying the ruts, and then Millsaps made sure he texted me this morning at 7.30, say he thought it was the ruts also. But um, what did you think, Ping? Uh, well, so I, I watched it from every angle, too, and tried to, to pick it out, and there's nothing that's super obvious. But I would tell you that it's probably a little of both of what you're saying. Like, he went a little long on that step off, which puts you into the face of that transition, and it was all rutted out. And so what that does is basically just pushes you in deeper into the suspension, Mm-hmm. And and he's you know Kenny's really good uh, about riding on the balls of his feet, right? So I think when he got into into that transition and those there's those ruts, I think his right foot, his right heel, kind of dropped down, caught a little bit of that rut and pulled it back a little bit or pulled it off. Maybe it was just subtle, but if you watch when he gets bucked up, his right foot comes up and around like mm-hmm. it swings him off the bike. If he had just gotten bucked. He would have just gotten bucked straight up. Do you know what I mean? He, he wouldn't have been hanging off to the side. So the fact that that one leg comes around to me says real clearly that a right foot got drug off or lost some contact with the peg and unweighted. Um, and so I, I would tell you he just caught, caught a little bit of dirt with his heel and it drug his foot back, and that's all it took. So rider error more than track or bike or anything, I mean. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. Call it what you want. He, he yeah. caught his foot on a rut. I mean, it's supercross racing. It's what it is. It's really unfortunate. Um, it is, isn't it? Like the, I just felt. I like, mean, you, yeah. you, you can't expect Dirtworks to go out and groom every single rut. You know, we can piss and moan that. Oh well, if they would have groomed that, he wouldn't have got hurt. Well, okay, but <laughs> it's not reality. Supercross racing is not pretty sometimes. Right. It's, you're down to concrete at times. You're there's ruts. There's Lips that are jacked up, mm-hmm. and you have to adapt. And if you don't, it can be gnarly. Um, we uh, you can take out the jumps, and then guys won't get hurt in the jumps. Yeah, what about you that? Take out the whoops, and the guys won't get hurt in the whoops. Like, yeah. it, it's a track. <laughs> it is a track. Um, but I, I watched that section after Kenny crashed pretty closely. Um, there was two ways to do it. You could triple triple over, and, and then um, then you don't, then you don't go big to big, and or you could do what Kenny did and, and race off it. I asked the guys. You know, on the teams, what they thought was faster, and they said it was really about the same. So, if it's really about the same, Ping, I don't. Well, I guess you didn't walk the track, Ping, because uh, you weren't ace mechanic this week. But if it was really about the same, what they were doing was more dangerous. What Kenny was doing was a bit more dangerous because you, you you went higher. Yeah, I, I think it was um, the easiest thing to do because you didn't have to worry about being real technical to get over that tabletop. Like the way Sealy was doing it. You had to catch the backside of that tabletop right, or you wouldn't be able to see bounce the next three. So I think that added a little bit of technicality there. But by doing it his way, he jumped over all those ruts. Mm-hmm. That's what I liked about it. And you triple into the turn clean. You don't have to hit that single. So I think it was just what the guys were comfortable with. Like right. you said, the, the, the splits are pretty close. But I, I like it when I don't have to worry about hitting a rut just right spot on. Yep. Um, 
So, uh, Weege, we'll talk about Dunge in a second because Ping really wants to uh, toot his horn. Um, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounded weird. But uh, <laughs> but Weege, um, what a blow for the series! Like Dave Prater, Todd Gendro, they're probably hammered right now. Just, I mean, you know, Dunge is great. Uh, he's on another level, and this was setting up to be an all-timer. Yeah, I mean, I know we can bust out all the cliches of anything that can happen in racing, and it certainly could. But we know there's a 99% chance that Dungey doesn't throw this away. Um, that's literally his specialty. That's his absolute strength. Maybe all-time best when it comes to not throwing things away. And, uh, I mean, it's certainly possible, but you got to figure here's the other issue, I think, is that, you know, Tomac's struggling. And then who is the rest of Dungey's competition would actually be uh, Anderson, who is now, I believe we'll get to that, down in points. So one other guy to think about is um, his teammate and his training partner. So that kind of squares up as a little less of a threat, you know, than uh, someone on another team that isn't riding with him all the time. So you just put all those factors together, and it's, it's tough. And this is not disrespectful to Dunge. He's great, and, and if he wins three in a row, or if he just wins the race next weekend, or just that he won on Saturday. I mean, that's all good for him. I, I don't want to make it sound like we're mad that he's doing well. No. But we all know, everyone in that building would agree. You could. This is the only thing probably in the United States right now. You could have surveyed 47,000 people on Saturday night, and they all would have said, yeah, Dunge is probably going to win now. Like, um, it's funny, yeah. looking, at, looking at the lap times, Dunge doing 56, 56 is the whole time. Kenny's, Kenny's in second the whole time second or third and then second and the lap after kenny crashes dunge does uh four laps in a row at 101 well, five second red flags though he oh got yeah the red true. flags you're right they were I, rolling I to, um, why didn't i think i of went that? to this uh, yeah well I, I only knew i went to this uh shimano uh bicycling event today i had to go because i heard brayton was there and they had free lunch so i mean i practically <laughs> floated there well actually and, can i can i tell you that i'm not going to give away my sources but a guy named Schmushton Schrayton sent me yeah. a photo of you in line at a free buffet. Yeah, I was very excited. <laughs> right. I was very excited. I actually had to stop. I was like, I can talk to Brayton or get free food. I mean, it was like, who's in the burning Justin, building? bye. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Um, so Seely was there, and, and Trey Kennard was there, and Brayton was there, and, you know, we all talked about it. I mean, it's the, it's the topic. And I also want to say the post-race press conference – I give a lot of credit to Seely and Marvin and Dunge. Um, they were all bummed. I think, and, and Ping, you know better than anyone, but they all know that they're putting it all out there, and they all could have been the victim in that section. They knew how gnarly the track was. They knew how hard they were pushing. I think it was a pretty scary for, uh, for everyone even to see that. Now, luckily, Roxon, man, did he get lucky as far as the injuries go. But um, I think everyone was a bit rattled by it, and for sure it wasn't like Dungey's fist-pumping like, nah, I got it. Uh, they were... Somebody asked Dungey, you know, how do you know where the limit is on a track that's that rutted? And he was, you could tell, like, he was rattled. Like, man, you don't. I mean, this could happen to any of us at any time, how hard we're going, how fast we're going, how rutted these tracks are. I mean, it, um, it, I they were was, all wigged out. It was outdoors, but they, it did happen to Dunge, too, yeah. So. Well, he kept referencing that. He's like, it happened to me at Colorado, and, and I was out for the season. And uh, that's what I'm getting at is then that red flag thing, the one-on-one lap times. Um, you know, so then they're all riding by it and trying to figure out what the heck happened over there. Um, so I think everybody was a little bit uh, rattled. And by the way, I know that, yes, Kenny crashed at Monster Cup, and it was eerily similar, 
But in general, it's not like Kenny has this unbelievable reputation of crashing and getting hurt and crashing and crashing and crashing and crashing. Right. I don't think for the most part. So that makes it even a little crazier. Like, um, not reckless usually. It is scary, Ping, well, how similar those crashes were at Monster Cup in this yeah, one. It, it really is. And, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what happened there, what he said happened. Or I know he went a little, kind of clipped the jump. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to even speculate there. But I will say, you know, Ouija say doesn't have a reputation of doing this. But when I was I was on race day live yesterday, talking with Boyer and Holly about this, and they said, you know, so what? What do you think is going to happen? Is, is, is Roxton finally going to, you know, be the guy that beats Dungey? And I said, well, I think what I said yesterday was that we're going to have to wait and see what Roxton does. Like he he's had a reputation. He came out firing on the Suzuki a couple of years back, and it looked like, oh, man, he's going to be the guy. And then he got a little impatient on that triple and cased it really bad, hurt his ankle. That compounded into that crash in Phoenix, I believe, where he went into the, into the wall. So he's had, yep. he's had some seasons where he comes out really hot, and then he either makes a mistake or has like a, a, a lull. And I said, we're going to have to see if he is able to settle for a second or third when it's, it's just not his night to win. So far, he hasn't really been able to do that. And, and I, I hate to judge or second guess like what, whether or not he was pushing too hard because he never looks out of control. That's the problem with Kenny. He's so smooth. <laughs> his lap times can be ridiculously fast, and he doesn't look like it. But was he pushing too hard? You know, should he have settled in and said, "All right, the track's gnarly. I'm gonna, I'll push here and here." But I don't know. But damn it, here we are now again. Well, no Ken Roxon. I don't know yeah. if I don't know if he was pushing too hard, Ping. Just looking at the lap times because Sealy was a little was high fifty six, Dunge low fifty six, Roxon low fifty six, um, in a web fifty eight. So like Sealy was almost matching them, which tells me they weren't balls out, you know, but maybe close to it. Um, I don't know. You know. Yeah, I, it's all speculation. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just uh it's um, just too bad for the whole series because we're, like like you said, it's now unfortunately we're pretty, uh, uh anticlimactic unless we're super lucky we each. We're super lucky we each because on this line, one of us has broken their arm. Maybe elbow, just like Kenny. <laughs> yes. So, thanks for the research. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So, Ping, you think <laughs> kind of what you heard, what you did yourself, Supermoto days, like you think, and uh, you know, obviously, you're not a doctor. You did stay at a Holiday Inn. Um, we should see him for outdoors. I think there's a possibility of it. Uh, again, like I. I had mentioned to you earlier that the ancillary damage or the collateral damage from that break is what will make the difference. Um, did he damage muscles, nerves, and that kind of stuff when he when the bone came through? Uh, is there any infection? You obviously open yourself up to a significantly higher chance of infection anytime you, you open your skin and particularly have a bone come through it. Um, was there any damage to the elbow? Um, that's a That's a real big one because... When it's just the radius and ulna, and there's no joint involved, it's real straightforward. They put screws and plates on that thing, and it's solid. And it's just a matter of rehabbing the, you know, the tissue, and the bone glues itself together, and you're good to go. Uh, but if the elbow's involved, now that's a lot more complicated. So 
like believe I said, there is a dislocated elbow. I think they've now uh, figured out. I mean, there's right? various degrees of that, but I think that's the case, yeah. Yep. So with the dislocation, now you're pulling tendons and ligaments um, farther than they're meant to go, and they're, you know, I don't know, maybe those need repaired surgically. I don't know. So that, adds, that definitely adds a layer of complication. I did just the bones. They didn't come through the skin, but they were both completely broken. My, As I'm trying to hold my hand up, it's drooping down to my knee. I'm like, oh, that's not right. <laughs> um, but I was uh, plated and raced a supermoto race because I was in the middle of a championship hunt. I raced five weeks later. So um, supermoto is a little different, obviously. Yeah. All the circumstances are different. But for to say three months away he could be ready seems a little seems realistic to me right right yeah yeah we'll see bummer deal for sure uh for yeah. him for kenny for honda for the series so but um life goes on the series goes on i mean we we i'll start with you i mean i just see dungy walking to this title walking to it i'm sorry i just do yeah that's what i'm saying i think uh in a time of very uh, polarizing things, it's great to know we can come together as a country and pretty much agree. I, I, I don't know what fan on earth would say, oh, no, 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 no. You never know with Dungy. Um, you never know in racing in general, but this is uh, as close to a sure bet as you're going to get. Uh, can something go wrong? Can he give up points? Can someone else get hot? It's possible, but yeah. it doesn't seem likely. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Ping, you wanted to uh, talk about Dungy a little bit. Well, yeah, I, I just mentioned to you earlier, I was. I think that in amidst all the drama between Ken and, and, and the Freeze-Anderson thing and everything else, uh, it's lost. It hasn't really been mentioned how, how solid Dungy was, how big of a, a clutch performance he put in uh, from practice all day long being way off the pace. You know, I think he posted up eighth fastest. Is that right? Did that hold up, or did he put something in better later? Um. Well, last I looked, he was eighth quickest. Yeah, I'm like, man, that's, that's off. Anyway, regardless, he was off the pace. Uh, seventh, um, seventh. Yeah, goes, seventh, okay. Yeah. Goes to the heat race, goes down in the first turn, or that first straightaway, breaks something on the bike, has to pull it in, goes to the semi. All right, so already his gate pick's getting pretty dodgy. In the semi, he doesn't start well, and he doesn't. He takes a while to get around Freeze and somebody else, maybe Weimer or whatever. And he gets third. I mean, now third place in a semi—that's not a good gate pick. Like that's rough. And you got to be looking at man. I got to do some damage control tonight. Most people, you know, most top right. level guys, like they would be stressing a little bit. He's been not really. He wasn't really in that semi. Even he wasn't making up any time on the leaders. Uh, whoever won that, I didn't remember who won that heat, but or that semi. But like you, Ryan Dungey, you should be smearing the guys in a heat rate in a semi. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like shouldn't he be close? So he was off. He was just not really feeling it. And he came out in the main event from a crappy gate and ripped the whole shot and like started gapping the field, like doing what he had to do. Um, does, you know, if, if, if Roxon stays up, does he catch him? I don't know. I have no idea, but he didn't. And all I'm saying is Dungey really performed when he had yeah. to. And it's like, that is, I mean, it's why he's two time champion or in a row here. It's, he's just so solid. He just makes it happen. I don't know how in the hell he does it, but tip yeah. of the cap to my man. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great ride by him. Absolutely. Uh, Seeley? He also mentioned, oh. uh, he mentioned after the race that they were chasing the bike all day, and then they tried something in the semi, and as you could see, it didn't work. So then he was going to the main with, I guess, what they started with in practice. Uh, and, Ping, I'm sure you can touch on that. That's not an ideal situation. He's, like, hadn't ridden it in hours and in laps. So Especially for Dunge. Especially for Dunge, who's a little bit 
uh, hypersensitive to bike changes and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, it, it always surprises me how much these guys change, you know, bike settings. Uh, I, I just never, I always liked it to be the same. And I, I kind of learned that even from Ricky. He would just go, you know what, even if it's not great, I want it to be the same every weekend so I know what it's going to do. And it doesn't ever do anything that surprises me. He's like, I'd rather react to it and, and make it do what I want it to do um, than have it do something I'm not expecting, um, even if it doesn't work quite as yeah. well. And so I kind of thought that made sense to me, and I always tried to not mess with it. I do maybe a clicker here, a clicker there, but, like, Dunge will come out and, you know, oh, they'll yeah. change linkages. They'll do, like, I mean, they'll, they'll make big changes. I'm like, dang, all right. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Um. Sealy got third. Marvin rode well. Everyone I talked to, Weege, I don't know how many guys you you, you spoke to. Um, track was easy. Track was simple. No one was a big fan. And then you add in the Dirtworks guys did a good job. The, everything else, they kept it you know as dry as they could with the rains. But when you add in the moisture moisture of the dirt, the transitions, what we talked about with the rocks and crash, no one was a huge fan of that tracks. And, and it wasn't all Dirtworks' fault. Uh, yeah, I talked to plenty of people about it. Even uh, even the great Andrew Short, uh, who is up there videoing practice, and 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 that's almost his job now to analyze this stuff. And I think everybody knows that there's some level of compromise with all this rain going on. Um, in this case, some guys theorized that they had to get the track built super quick, uh, super quickly on Wednesday. Uh, so maybe they didn't. Kind of like Anaheim one, man. Everything seemed kind of short. You know, the jumps didn't seem as tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them. There was a triple that threw everybody up pretty good, but for the most part. Um, I think the rain, either the less time they had to work on it or that they knew they had to tame it down in case it ended up being a mud race, I think that made an impact. So everyone was crediting Dirtworks for doing a good job, but mm-hmm. no doubt I think the rain had some effect, even though it wasn't a mud race. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that, but you, you got to – man, Weed, you're seeing how much it's raining out here. I, I was blown away when I saw how dry the track was. They actually yeah. had the water before the night yeah. show, you know, which is incredible. Yeah. So – there was a lake. Uh, I was there a press day on Friday morning, and it, like next to the starting line was a lake. And even normally when they pull the tarp off, like the sides of the track in between the lanes is muddy. Even that was dry somehow. No, I don't understand I don't know how, how they it's did. possible. Yeah, it, it was magic. Yes. It was magic. It was magic. It was. <laughs> um, they, for halftime, they hit an elephant, and they built the track. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about the Anderson freeze thing, and then we'll talk about Coop, Cooper Webb coming back, Pike. Uh, Eli, what's going on with Eli? Good God. Um, but anyways, uh, so Jason Anderson, we saw the move from Freeze, and Jason Anderson went down. Marvin went down. Anderson hits him uh, on the helmet uh, at least once over by the podium, and then we saw everyone saw the tunnel incident, and then, you know, Anderson crashed because of that, and the, the Freeze's, freezes um, mechanic pushed him. I'm, I'm surprised, like, it's a bit of a high school mentality in the pits, and I don't like it when it comes to Vince Freeze, and I've argued with it with guys. Yes, he's done some dumb things, but everyone wants to pick on him because no one really hangs out with him. You know, everyone wants to kind of get on him for every little thing he does. I, I didn't see a problem with that move. Now, was it that smart? No. Was Vince maybe not thinking about like, okay, let's say Anderson doesn't cut down and they don't, no one crashes. There's room at the top of the corner for everybody to sneak by Vince. He was on his brakes. What's Vince going to do? Pivot, yeah. all, you know, at 450 and all of a sudden accelerate away from everybody? No. So he didn't really have a 
chance to make that pass, which is the not smart part by Vince. But he didn't know Anderson was going to cut down. And, you know, uh, the, the AMA, FIM saw nothing wrong with Vince's move. And I find it hilarious that Anderson, who has done some very questionable things, and, is, and, and at the very, the best thing you can say about him is he's aggressive, he loses his shit on freeze. So, interesting, uh, interesting to do it. The AMA, FIM, you know, hard, fast rule. You make contact with another rider, you know, fist-wise, you know, punching or whatever, you are DQ'd. So, that's not even really a sense of, like, should he or should he not, blah, blah, blah. They're just saying if you reach out to another rider, you are DQ'd. And you can debate that rule if you want, but that's the sort of rule they have uh, – you know, as far as stopping anything from escalating, uh, I'll start with these, oh, go these ahead, guys. Got to learn to like get out of the tunnel, get away from cameras, <laughs> and then lose your mind. I mean, I don't know what these guys are thinking. Well, Pike tried to do it with Barsha one year. Pike was St. Louis. He was in the tunnel, away from everybody, telling Barsha to come into the tunnel to discuss <laughs> to discuss something, and Barsha wanted nothing to do with that. But um, uh-huh. but you're right, Ping. Yeah, get out of the way. But um. I don't like. I don't think the move from Vince was that bad. I really don't. I, I'm sorry. Like I know everyone's gonna hate me, and if JT was on this line, he'd start calling me names. And and you know, afterwards, I talked to a lot of riders who just can't stand freeze, want to light them on fire. Like I just think you got it. Like the Pike, the the incident last year with Freeze and Pike, dumb move by Vince. Really stupid. He drove to the exit of the corner, and I would love to know his plan once he got to the exit of the corner. Besides bouncing off Pike. Uh, this 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 Anaheim too. He stopped. You know, he there was room there. He didn't know Anderson was going to cut down. So I don't know. In the end, people agreed with me because nothing happened to Vince. Nothing. They reviewed it and they said, "All right, yeah, that's fine." Um, Payne, go ahead. Okay, Are you done? Yes, I'm done. Okay, let me start by saying that people that know Vince well, uh, I got a buddy that that trains with him says dude he's actually a really nice guy he gets a bad rap he's a you know chill he's a super good guy so i'll i'll just preface it with that okay <laughs> i don't know vince freeze as a person this sounds like with all due respect and you're gonna with just all due respect, <laughs> he has a long and storied history of being a complete dipshit on the racetrack like this move, I won't even agree that it wasn't. It wasn't malicious and dirty. I absolutely agree with that. But it was stupid. Okay, uh, I, I where, said where that. Where are you going? Yes, I where said are you that. Going to right. The like, yep. what, what I agree. It, it, what possible reason would you have heading in there? Like, what do you think the outcome is going to be? And this is his. This is half of his problem. Just poor decision making on the track. The other half is that he races as they say in the car racing world in the rearview mirrors. He's never trying to go forward. It's always about, okay, he's a good starter, so he gets out to the front, and then it's all about blocking people. And he will jump straight across the track into your lines. He will, he's completely not even focused on going forward. It's all about what he can do to keep you behind him at any cost. And wow, that sounds, like a, racer. That sounds like a racer to me. No, wow, it's imagine dangerous. that. <laughs> it's dangerous. He doesn't, it's not like there's a tactful way to do it. You can slow someone up and hold them up at the top of a berm, leaving them room to like stay on their two wheels and keep them behind you. That, that happens all the time. It's, it's a respectable move. There's nothing wrong with it. When you jump across somebody off a, off a jump, 
when you drift over into them off in the whoops where they can't they don't have an option of letting off or changing lines you know you, you can't turn in the whoops so you can't hit the brakes in the whoops so there's just some some unspoken rules you don't break between riders and he does all the time and i'm telling you you walk through the pits and you find me a guy that that says yeah you know what he's a good good racecraft good guy rides really good and no one will say that nobody will tell you that he just pulled way too many stupid moves and that's not to say he's not a good rider if he would just focus on going forward yeah but freeze is a great rider he's just terribly dangerous uh, but ping like you like ice cream still right I love ice cream. Okay, so let's say, Ping, you went and robbed an ice cream store of all of his ice cream, and you got caught, convicted, spent two years in jail for an ice cream store robbery, right? Now, you get out, you serve your time, everything else, you, you come back to, into society, um, and you are in another ice cream store, and you cut in line at an ice cream store, and they basically throw you back in jail. That wouldn't be very fair, would it? You just this cut in line. This is a retarded analogy. This is completely stupid. <laughs> you just cut in line. That's it. You didn't steal from the ice cream store again. How many times has he been put on probation? I don't know. He was last year, though. Huh? Whatever. Each time is separate. And each time he rides it out without getting into problems again. He, got, he did get suspended for a race or two, two Wait, years ago. Wait, the point of probation. The point of probation is if you do this again, you're going to get no. More th- I think they do it like per year, like hey, like like after the Pike thing last year, he was on probation for the year. Yeah. Oh, so so be oh, smart sweet. the rest of this year, but starting 2017, you're free to be an idiot again. Well, so so, so apparently okay. So Anderson is 100 percent in the right. Then Ping, that's nope. that's fine. Nope. And it and it there's a, a huge amount of irony in him getting mad at making at somebody making contact. I get that. Jason pushes the limit and steps across the line regularly. My point is you, <laughs> you just there's a there's a he does it with uh, a, aggressive block passes. Like Anderson's not drifting across over a triple. In- well, when is when is Vince ever raced with Anderson and caused any trouble? Well, I, I don't know if those two have ever gotten into it before, but I just know Anderson, um, he definitely pushes the limit with his passes, but most of them are aggressive block passes. He'll come in and make contact in a turn. And, and, and you know, he knocks guys down. I mean, I get it, knocks him off the track. It's, it's uh, too much at times for sure. But he's not drifting across on guys over triples. He's not, he's not dangerous in where he does this stuff, typically. So there's a difference, and it doesn't mean Anderson doesn't piss people off because he surely has, but there's a difference. And I don't know. The thing is, it's a nuance. Someone's freeze going, man, that's jacked up. You just see what he, he drifted over on this guy, about clipped him on a triple. Like, they, AMA guys aren't watching that. They're not going to catch that unless somebody gets cleaned out midair. You know what I mean? And even then, I don't know what they would do. So that's the problem. It's like he breaks it. He, he he breaks these unenforceable rules. It's sort of like unspoken rules that riders have for one another, mm-hmm. you know, with one another. So it's very hard to to say, all right, you're we're going to suspend you for riding dangerously. I just I mean, what was wrong with Freeze's move in that corner? It was just stupid. 
Okay. That's all. Where was he going? And, and I just like wrenched. I, said, I just wrenched for a privateer in Privateer Island. I saw forty stupid moves at the back of where I was watching my guys. Vince Freeze has a top sixty-one national number. He shouldn't be making top sixty-one. Moves. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Nice. Uh, there you go. Yeah. He shouldn't be making those moves. He's an experienced guy. He knows better. Or, but that's the problem. He doesn't know better. But he should know better. Um. So that's my opinion. Okay, Weege, what do you think? Um, when you go to the inside of a corner and the two guys on the outside end up on the ground and you ride away, um, you're going to get some shit for it. And then when that's happened multiple times already, uh, you're going to get some shit for it. So I think it's, it's deserved. Like, two dudes ended up on the ground, not him. And, yeah, it's like, to me, he just went to the inside and just parked it. Like, I'm going to go to the inside. I will just go to the inside and something will happen. Maybe we'll both crash. Maybe you'll crash. Maybe I'll crash. But we're going to make contact. And I'll take my chances that I got a 50-50 shot at getting out of here. That's what, just went to the inside and got on the brakes. So, yeah, you're going to get some shit for it. Now, obviously, Anderson, if that's the rule, you can't punch a dude, you're suspended for the night, whatever, then that's the rule. I can't. Anderson's got to not do that if that's the rule. I can't complain that they did that to him. But to me, like, they got to do something. I, I don't even know if it's just yelling at him or what, but it just seems crazy to me that this is two years in a row in the same stadium where we had the same outcome. He goes to the inside. It, the I will either we'll both crash, or maybe you'll crash and I'll get away. I'll just park my bike on the inside, and then you will get suspended, and I'm good. I'm fine. That just seems a little ridiculous to me. And well, listen, yep. you, you can walk through the pits, and and there's this has happened to so many guys by him. They actually coined it. I got freezed, freezy. Yeah. I mean, like that's a phrase. Yeah, because it's all the cool people in school that don't hang out okay, with them, and, and right. they're not or in the. Maybe, or maybe there's some truth. They're not in the Marietta in the Marietta oh, uh, cool cool guy school. I've seen Vince do fine racing, and everybody freaks out over it. I'm like, what? What? If that's Anderson, everybody goes, yeah, he's aggressive. Yeah, it's Anderson. Yeah, he's gnarly. <laughs> Happy living in the now. Like, look, Vince has done dumb things. I'm not saying he hasn't. He got on probation, but every incident to me is taken in a vacuum. Just like ping you cutting in line at the ice cream store. It's just what did I don't he... think that's the way it should be though. I don't think that's the way it should be. That's ridiculous. So you just go back to square run square one every single time. So, so Vin... you could literally knock two dude two dudes down every single week and it'd be like, Hey, it's a new week. Do we it's not week. if do we not all agree, at least I do, that there is some banging and blocking and it is part of racing Supercross. That is part of Supercross. Albertson just blasted my rider, Alex Ray, off the track in the Where semi. Where did they make contact, though? At the end of a turn, Jimmy came in and blocked. No, but, but what I'm saying is if Vince does that move, if Vince does the Jimmy Albertson blasting Alex Ray move, people are losing their minds. Because he's got a long history of doing it over and over and over. So I guess we – so again, so just – that's it. So uh, that should count for something. Vince is doing Vince, it over and over. Vince is screwed. Something. Vince is go back to square one every week. Vince is screwed as a professional racer because I we all agree that racing and rubbing and block passing is is in the is part of you know part of the sport. And Vince can't do anything. He can't go to the inside of a turn and and break without people losing their minds. He certainly can't blast Alex Ray off the track like Albertson did because people will lose their minds. So is Vince just? not allowed to race anymore? Well, how did he get that reputation in the first place? Because he didn't hang out with the cool guys in Murrieta? Is that why? He did. Well, that's part of it. Absolutely. Does anybody, does anybody say about anything about Anderson? Uh, yeah. 
including you. Yeah, me, but other riders, they don't like, oh, I got Anderson. Oh, I got Anderson uh, out there. <laughs> it definitely happened. It definitely has been. Um, yes. Uh, I don't understand how, like, to me, it just seems like a complete joke that two years in a row in the same stadium, a rider has thrown a punch at him uh, for essentially the same move. Uh, no, 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 no. That, Vince's move at, with Pike was way worse. 100% way worse. It was worse, but I feel like here's the common thread. I'm just going to go to the inside, and we'll just see what happens. Yeah, the brain is off. The, the right yeah. throttle wrist is turned on every time. Well, yeah. Right. Uh, if, if you have done something that results in two – we don't get riders being punched very often. And it's the two times that it's happened in a row now. It's the same thing. Because same he's not – Because you don't bro down with these guys. He's not bros with them, and nobody likes them. Nobody likes him. In the pits. It's high school mentality all over. Nobody likes Michael Lessey. Nobody likes Vince Freeze. And you both know that. Yeah, I know. I agree. But I think you're, you're somehow trying to pretend that that is just because of his personality, I, I guess. Uh, he didn't earn the no one liking him because of the rough riding. The rough riding didn't lead him to this. We've all just agreed. Rough riding is part of the game. Marvin Muskan, JT goes on and on every week about Marvin Muskan cross-jumping. Everyone loves Marvin. No one says anything about Marvin cross-jumping. I don't even see it that much. You know, JT's yeah, I, like, oh, God, I'd, I'd, put, I'd put him down. I'd put him in a corner. He'd be down. Uh, all this cross-jumping talk. Same with Vince Freeze. You guys are all this cross-jumping talk. I watched the Pike thing from A1. I saw nothing. I saw a guy out of a turn doing what everyone else does and drifting a bit outside, racing hard on the gas. That's it. That's it. But no, because it's Vince. It's it's all. Let's gang up on him and, and beat the shit out of him. Uh, the fans in the building can now agree on two things: a, this title will likely be Dungeons. Second of all, they'd say, "Oh man, Freeze. He does that kind of thing all the time." Because that's what everyone. You know, that's what the reputation is. That's what, no, they don't. Because of what he's done, I don't understand. That would be like saying, "This dude is known for hitting three point shots because he hits them all the time." No, it's not. <laughs> It's actually because they like him and they think he's a cool dude and they want to compliment well, we just, him. Yeah, that guy's cool. So let's say he hits three-pointers all the time. We, right. That'll be neat. We just finished talking about how that move wasn't, you know. It was stupid. It wasn't smart, but it wasn't dirty. It didn't deserve to be punched. Okay. It didn't deserve to be punched at. You know what, though? There, there's a very fine line between dirty and stupid. And when you continue to make stupid moves that wind up with people on the ground, it, it, that line gets completely erased. I just, I think everything has to be looked at as a separate deal. And what did Vince I, I do? I don't see that, that. Makes no sense to me. What did that, that every Vin- move has to be looked at separately? That makes no sense. That we just start well, back because, to square one every week, every race. Because I, we just okay, talked about right. robbing and banging and racing okay. is normal. So I, I own an ice cream store, right? Okay, cool. You got that analogy. Let me, let me give you this one. Let's say you go to jail for diddling a little kid. Whoa! And you do your time. Wow. You come out now. You're you're a changed man, right? And you diddle another kid. I mean, it's it's a little different doing that than having an ice cream robbery. But <laughs> well, I now just, you don't think I didn't really want to go there. Well, I'm just saying. You 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 know you're going from stealing ice cream to doing something. This guy could get people hurt. Well, you know? yeah. I, I mean, what he did on Saturday night couldn't got anybody hurt and didn't deserve to be punched at. Well, it couldn't have got anybody hurt. Are you kidding me? Come on. Okay, so let's just punch him. Punch him. James Stewart fell down in the corner and knocked himself out. All right. Yeah, I guess Who he can't. Think? I guess Vince can't race. He's not allowed to race because apparently he can't do anything. He can't. I'm just saying it, it, they've got to do something. 
You know, there has to be something. Okay, well, two officials looked at it and decided there was absolutely nothing wrong. They called him over to the trailer to talk to him. They watched the video and they said, sorry for bothering you. Sorry for making you come over here. That's what no. happened. That's what happened. No, I, I understand. So, like I said, he, he, he does things that are difficult to, to punish because there isn't a line that says, don't, don't be an idiot on the track. There isn't a rule that says that in the AMA book. And yet he breaks it I think, on the regular. I think we can all agree Anderson needs to be smarter if you're trying to win a title. Yeah, no, yeah. none of us are on the call saying that uh, he should be punched and that's fine and Anderson shouldn't get in trouble for punching him. Like, no one's saying that the punch should have been okay. Like, that's how all sports work. You throw a punch, you're going to get in trouble. Just didn't deserve that's just, that's how it. Works. He didn't deserve yeah. to get punched. He didn't deserve it. <laughs> because of this going back to square one thing every week, I don't, I just, uh, I don't understand. I, I, okay, I, I, so what we'll start doing like, – actually, I'm wrong. Dungy is not – uh, does not have good odds to win this title because even though he's always been consistent in the past, we should look at each race in a vacuum. Yeah. And maybe next week Dungey will become a crasher. Well, it, well, I hope Ping, after he robs the ice cream store, doesn't cut somebody in line because it's right back to jail for him. It's right back to jail. Yeah. I mean, Josh Hansen, every, Josh Hansen literally used his bike as a missile to try to break Alex Ray's, my old rider, his Tib and Fib, when Alex wore pink JT gear. And that was as vicious and as dirty of a move as I, maybe I've ever seen. I watched it in live. We don't go around saying, uh, you know, Josh Hansen is, is just a dirty rider. He's, you know, he did a dumb Wait, thing. Hansen doesn't have a reputation for this? Are you serious? Like, it, Hansen knocked Melross down in the heat race uh, just last week, and it was like, that's Hansen being Hansen. Th- did you know, anybody that's, freak that's out? His reputation. Did anybody freak out? Did anybody lose their minds? Did anybody freak out? Because if that's Vince, he's getting punched at. And if that's anybody else, I guess the, I guess it's fine. I don't know. That's all I'm trying to say. What Hanny did was aggressive racing. It was a, a tad dirty on Melrose, no doubt. But it was all okay. Nobody, nobody lost their minds. Uh, to say that uh, you either you you either ha- you either get punched or nothing. And that means you don't have a reputation at all. Like, Hanny still has a reputation for blackpacking people just because he didn't get punched last week. People still know that he will do well, that. I, I don't know what Vince, he doesn't have a What is Vince supposed to do? Just quit racing? Because apparently riders are just going to take swings at him. All you got to do is not cross-jump people and um, not just park your bike on the inside and just hope that you can bounce off him. And this weekend in Glendale, why He doesn't get punched every week. He doesn't get punched every week, does he? This weekend in Glendale, why I will point out all the cross-jumping that goes on out there. He just needs to worry about racing forward and not knocking people down or trying to keep them behind him by crossing the track left to right, like a cop zigzagging on a freeway with, a light, with his lights on. Just race the, race the track, hold your line. All right. Let's move on. Now, by the way, yeah. um, not, not related to this at all. I actually talked to Freezy in the morning, ironically enough, because uh, last week Pike was ranting about him ignoring the blue flags, and Pike said screwed him over because he was maybe trying to get Tomac, and he got blocked. And I was like, you know what? Let me ask Freezy his side because we love when Pike goes off. Everybody thinks it's hilarious. Um, and I was like, let me just ask. And he's like, he's like, I was battling Weimer for 15th. My bonuses are 15th place. I get basically no money for 16th and a lot of money for 15th. And I had a Suzuki behind me the whole race, Weimer. And then I saw Suzuki behind me. It's the guy in the same team, so he didn't know it was Pike. And he just thought he was racing for position. And then he came over the finish, and he's like, oh, crap. 
I didn't know that that wasn't Weimer, and I need to get 15s because that's a lot of money. And I'm like, that's perfectly fair and fine. I get it. So, yes, he has a reputation, but that reputation, unfortunately, didn't just come out of nowhere because he doesn't, I guess, hang out in Murrieta. Yep. So, sorry. Yep. It's going to happen now because other times you've done dumb – you, you did a dumb move on Pike last year. Pike is never going to fit, be on your side in anything. Don't do the dumb move last year, and Pike won't feel that way anymore. But you, you shouldn't have done that. So Everything like, yeah. Vince does, people lose their minds, and it's dirty, and, it's, and it's, it's, it's the worst thing ever. Everything he does. The guy can't do anything, anything aggressively out there because people lose their minds. I, I guess he just needs to hang out in uh, Marietta more. Yep. That was his mistake. Yep, absolutely. That was a mistake. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Moving we, on. Moving on. Uh, yeah, so that sucks for Anderson and uh, missed the race. He definitely had a shot at a podium, no doubt. Um, it's got to be better than that, I imagine. Ping, you, as a former team manager, I mean, what do you what do you say to Anderson if you're Bobby Hewitt, the team manager there? Do you just go, hey, you got to be better, you got to be smarter, I guess? That's that's it, right? I mean, do you, you, Husky uh, doesn't do anything to him or anything like that, right? No, I don't think so, but I would hope that he chewed his ass a little bit. I mean, like I said, Bite your tongue, you know, whatever you got to do to just get out of the stadium. You can't, there's a camera on you everywhere down there. Like, how are you going to, you know, freak out and take a swing at a guy? You know, there's a camera on you. If you really have to lose your mind and go get in a guy's face and, and punch him, do it in the pits. Like, there's a pretty good chance you get away with it. Because <laughs> even if somebody, even if they go running over, oh, Anderson just punched my guy, you know, if Tony's over there, they're going to be like, well, <laughs> We didn't see it. We'll talk to him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, right. and then, you know, maybe they just give him a, 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 an ass chewing and a whatever. You can't do it in the stadium. You can't do it in the stadium or the tunnel. There's cameras on you. Like, you just, come on. Um, do you think any, did, do we know if any KGSC guys got crushed by a Husky and a rider? <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't right there. I, and I'll tell you what, that was punishment enough. <laughs> Uh, to take a swing at a dude and then just hit the deck and slide through the mud like with the camera on you. Uh. Welcome to Supercross, kids. <laughs> uh. Uh, by the way, uh, that footage shows he was being pushed by um, Freeze's mechanic at the same time. Freeze's mechanic, Alex Ray told me, was in a death metal band and he toured the USA and with, for years in a death metal band. Just putting that out there. Well, whatever. We're starting at square one. It's Just fine. don't push a guy who's traveled with a death metal band for, for years. It's not. <laughs> um, Cooper Webb was better. Wow, got the whole shot. Fast times in qualifying. Why can't you're blowing him on Twitter? Um, and a good ride in the main event. He got fourth. I thought Pike and Grant were going to get him. They were catching him, but full props to Webb. He picked it back up and uh, pulled back out a little bit on those guys. Finally, well, again, if you're if you're Yamaha and you're Coop and your Coop's buddies and and and, and you're Thor and you're everybody, you're exhaling a little bit. Like, okay, we're good. Yeah, uh, JT was like, man, why are you going so nuts on how much better he looks on Twitter? Like, sorry, I thought that was big news that he was, I think, 17th in practice last week, and then at one point he was on the top of the board this week. I thought that was a big deal. Maybe that's just me. Um, that's a pretty dramatic turnaround, in my opinion. Uh, here's the crazy thing. Um, I asked so many people over there, including Cooper himself, I'm like, you must have made bike changes. Because so much of the first two weeks, I think people were blaming the bike and the setup, or maybe just the well, I didn't look. Yeah, I didn't look good on it, that's for sure. No, no. And they were 
Jim Perry, uh, Swanee, uh, Cooper himself. Uh, I was trying everybody. Like, what did you change? What did you change? And they're just laps. He just needed more laps. He just needed some reps. Um, you know, he started the offseason a little bit late because he got a little injury at the Nations and the wrist and all that. And I, I, it seems crazy that he could get literally, literally a whole lap faster in one week without making major changes to the bike. Now, Jim Perry says, you know, you, Mathis, you, know, you and I are buddies at Jim. He's usually pretty forthcoming. He's like, I would tell you if we made huge changes. We really didn't. That seems crazy to me. He would look like a completely different rider. Can I, can I offer up a theory? Yeah, please. please. So, I, I believe... Does, does that have anything to do with the ice cream store? No, we're off of ice cream stores and okay. freeze and... Get it though, yeah. freeze. Megan, yeah. Megan's ice law and all that. We're done Get it, that. freeze ice cream? Yeah. Ah, okay. I believe when it comes to Eli Tomac and Cooper Webb both, uh, here's my theory. These guys rode alone too much in the offseason. Uh, I think Eli likes to hang out in Colorado. He likes to be at home, which I totally get. California sucks. Uh, but when you're back on your own practice track, and, and I talked to Eric Gass, um, Cooper's mechanic, and he said, I, I said, hey, this was before he won. I said, how's he looking, man? Like, you know, you're at the test track. Like, how's he look against other guys? And he's like, dude, honestly, we've not really ridden with anybody. He goes, I, he's ridden with Reed one day. Yeah. This was at A1. He goes, he's ridden with Reed one day. And he goes, he was a little off Reed. And he said he rode with Seeley and Brayton at the Honda track one day. And he goes, those guys smoked him because they, you know, had that track all dialed. And I'm like, oh. Hold on. Like, he, he rode the Honda track? Wait, what? Did I say Honda that? Track. You said that. Okay, well, listen. Shocking. This happens, guys. What? No. Uh, what? A factory, a factory rider rides on another factory track? Allegedly. Allegedly that happens. I mean, I know they used to break into it. Everyone used to break into Suzuki's and Honda's. Uh, and A lot of these guys will just say, hey, dude, come ride our track this day. We'll go to your place that day. They all want to ride different places. They're all bored out of their minds. Right. Track. right. So that happens quite a bit. Does management know this? I don't know. Probably not. They're going to hear this, and I'm going to get in trouble. Allegedly, okay. Okay. I heard this might have happened. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think those guys, because this this happened to me uh, one year. I was like ATM 02, and my teammate, whoever the heck it was, I don't know if they got hurt or they were just, was Billy maybe or something. Whoever that was, I they weren't riding with me. So I was by myself at the KTM track every day, and I could grind out motos. I could do 20s all day long. I was totally ready to go. I was fit. I was dialed went to a one with a crowd of people and guys around me and i tightened up like it's just you're not used to all the other people around you and having to change lines to to get out of the way of lappers and all of the dynamic things that happen in a race setting you you've you've not been dealing with you're you're cruising around on your track that you've done a million laps on you can practically go to sleep hitting your lines and you know your heart rates at 110 it's so much easier than in a stadium with the lights on, with 19 other guys, and everyone's going every which way, it's just it's a completely different dynamic. So when you look at Baker's guys, he lines them all three up on the gate, the gate drops, and they do a moto together. And they're having to work around each other and you know change lines and deal with somebody being right next to them through a rhythm lane. They get comfortable with that. And so then at the race, it's like this is what they do all, all week long. Um. I think that happened to Cooper and Eli. I think Eli's still trying to sort it out. I think he's tight. That's why he's pumping up. And he's tight because he's not used to 
But, he used to just be in alone at home in Colorado. What about in the past years, though, when he's ridden better and not been tight? I don't know what to tell you. This is just a theory. <laughs> I'm not saying it's 100% accurate. Right, right, right. I'm saying it's yep. a theory. You look at uh, you know, a lot of these top guys, they, they bring dudes in. RV brought in Roxon back in his last years down in Florida. Uh, Rick Johnson brought in Stanton back in 87 or whatever. He came out and trained with him, whatever the hell it was. Uh, Wardy used to bring Rhino out and make him ride with him. Like it's it's just better to have someone to ride with. You get it adds an element to it that you can't get on your own. Ah, uh, Tomac thing is not good, Wygant. This is not good. He passed Chad in the main last night. Nice little move on him, and Chad got him back and yarded him. And this is not good. And San Diego was not good. And I don't know how this gets any better. It has to though. Yeah, the problem is this is the it's it's literally the exact same thing happening every week. Now I know you're a fan of just going back to square one, and we shouldn't talk about the previous weeks leading to the exact same thing happening. Well, you know what? Just burn them at the stake. Hey, hey, everybody! Hey, everybody! uh, Right before (laughs) opening ceremonies in Glendale, we're going to burn Vince at the stake. Everybody, come early, (laughs) come early, and uh, it'll be it'll be an extra four dollars. Bring a monster can, and you'll get in free. And we're you gonna throw a log on the uh, on the fire. Yeah, yeah. If you donate the road to recovery, you can throw a log on the fire. So, <laughs> come on out, um, everybody. Tomac, Tomac, uh, he, it's the same exact thing happening every week. Like even the heat race last week, he passes Anderson. Three laps later, his lap times start to get bad, and Anderson gets him back. We looked at all his laps last week, and he was doing. 53s for about seven laps, then he did 55s for about seven laps, then he did 57 for about seven laps. And then this main event, starting to move up a little bit, gets around Chad, then starts going in reverse. So it's the same thing happening over and over, and it's, to me, even more alarming because this is the, this is probably the lead rider you'd vote least, least likely to be fading as the races uh, go on. In fact, we probably said if anyone could maybe benefit this 20-plus right. one format, right. he's the one who's had the it's affected him most adversely. Oh, um, man. So that's, to me, the problem. Like, this is clearly he keeps having the same issue over and over and over, and that's got to be uh, really frustrating. Fly Racing, flyracing.com, RaceRex Podcast, uh, F2 Carbon Helmet, Mountain Bike Gear, Snowmobile Gear, flyracing.com, Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas, A2 Wrap-Up. Man, uh, it's 57 Am minutes. Am I Jason Thomas now? Did I say Jason Thomas? Yeah. All right. Uh, David Pingree. I'll, I'll be JT. <laughs> no, well, There's just so much fly on, money in this show that he, serious, you actually have to be called JT. Uh, yeah, let me just put a real serious face on and I'll get angry. And, and well, I'll, I'll just think it's... You're, you're short. You race pro. You were really fast. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, we can go, keep going. Um, All right. Uh, my bad. Sorry, David Pingree. That's what happens when my, my dog is caught in a headphone wire and it's a nightmare it's part of that fly deal we just have to call <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah it's actually in the contract <laughs> it's in the contract all right it's fine yeah, yeah. um all right so uh baggett rode well 10th place i talked to his dad a little bit and um they're happy they'll take that and chad was uh he says i asked chad to, to, for an interview he said i have nothing good to say so i did not talk to chad um at all uh but pike is good ping Pike is really good. Yep, um, that's I'm happy for him. He's um, he looks really good. Looks smooth. Bike looks good. Right. I'm, I, I am hoping he can get up on that podium. I don't think that's a stretch really at this point. Uh, what else happened? Uh, Purcell made it. Purcell was the fifth fastest qualifying time and made his first main event. Um, 
of the year. He was trying. It was so different watching him in practice this week. Like, he was really trying hard. And actually, I feel like multiple laps. And I kind of heard, I don't know if it's true or not, I kind of heard from the inside that he was mad because Mookie was in uh, the seated practice and they put him in unseated. But much like the Anderson thing, I can't argue Anderson getting suspended and I can't argue Mookie being in the seated practice. There is a rule. They basically say you get one shot. Um, yeah. They do it all the time. Yeah. They get well, how Mookie about one Mookie? Shot. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Mookie, man. Yeah. He was good. Oh, I was impressed. Well, okay. Well, in the heat. Let's, yeah. I'll just start. Let me say that. He looked really good in the heat. So maybe fitness isn't there or whatever, but that was an impressive ride. Yes, absolutely. Well, we know he's got skills. We've all said that. I mean, anybody who says it, you know. Yeah, but we've never seen him. Well, I guess I can't say it either. We yeah. haven't seen him in a full season of 40 season right. cross, but that We're was st- a good showing, man, on a bike he's barely ridden. We're still not going to see him. He missed He missed two rounds um, for a full season. But anyways, um, he looked tired in the main. He crashed at one point and then uh, looked tired. So he's got a ways to go. I said before the main event, someone on Twitter asked me how he's going to do, and I said, Eighth to twenty second, because really, I, I mean, I feel like you know. Way to nail it down, Steve. Well, I'm saying like he's got so much skills, he can come out in top ten if he was in shape and ready to go and everything else. And um, you know, if he's not, it's going to go ugly. You know, like the Stewarts just don't do. They don't do twelfth. You know what I mean? They don't do twelfth. <laughs> James is worse, of course, than Malcolm, but they don't do that. They don't just collect points. Although Stu did a little bit last year, but um. no, no, I know what you mean. It was exactly. It wasn't shocking to see him in. Eight, I think it was eighth or ninth for a, for yeah. a long ways. Yep. And you're like, wow, he's beating some pretty good dudes who have already raced the first two rounds, and he's barely been in this bike. But then he crashes, and he's tired, and the result ends up being worse. Like, right. Was it, it wasn't shocking, but it was still impressive. Now I was busy working in the pits, slaving away from my rider. Was he in opening ceremonies? Yeah, he was. Yeah. That's yeah. a little bold. That's a little bullseye barbecue sauce bold. And you know what's funny? The video that they had up, I don't you obviously didn't catch this. They got him out on a fishing boat, and he gets a phone call while he's out fishing and says, what, my bike's ready? Oh, okay. And he r- drives to the track, right? That probably actually is how it went down. <laughs> like, I don't think he was out there grinding motos, training. I think he was fishing. And uh, I was like, really? I, you, we put something together? Cool. Yeah. We're going? All Go right. Yes, yeah. yeah, all right. <laughs> um, he'll get better as it goes on, of course. He'll get better. Um, what else? Anything else? 450 class? I don't. Brayden? So. Celebrating? Oh, yeah. I, I, um, no surprise. Hung out over there, talked to him quite a bit. And, uh, Tony Lessy as well. Uh, we won't go any further because we've talked about Freezy enough, so I won't say anything about the team. But anyway, um, what Brayton's dealing with, I guess this is how Brayton's deal is kind of structured. He's kind of like the Honda guinea pig. Uh, and to the point, it's, it's basically you've got to run Showa stuff and help Showa get back on the map here. Like Celia and Roxon pick KYB. KYB seems to have the edge right now. So they're trying to build parts and trying to get Brayton's bike going. He's much more of a test bed bike. Now the team's happy because Sam Bentley and um, uh, Gothic J and a lot of the Honda people are there every morning, like working with them real closely. This isn't like a support ride. Right. Like they are really taking data, but Brayton says he's not the kind of guy, kind of the point we're making earlier. He hates making changes throughout the day or before he goes out, you know, and he got a shock like right before Anaheim won. So the bike isn't where he wants it to be. And that's almost the way it's going to be. That's part of his deal. But, been you would you would think it wouldn't be this bad 
you know, he hasn't really been fast at all. Um, I'm surprised it made this much of an impact. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been very good. Right. Yep. Uh, all right, listen to this commercial from Racetech and Michelin. Michelin Starcross 5, use the code PULPAMX17. When checking out at Racetech, Racetech.com, uh, ra- the um, Motor Concepts guys use Racetech suspension. Vince Freeze uses it as well to uh, just uh, ride aggressively and dirty every <laughs> single corner out there. Uh, just out there to kill people, he uses Racetech suspension to do that. And uh, we will take a commercial break and come back with my friends. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably... 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com, and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelins uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out, the local dealer people. These guys know tires, and they know what they're doing. All right, we're back. Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Jason Wigan and Bob Hanna, everybody, on the line 
right now, Bob Hanna. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll be whoever you need me to be tonight, Stephen. <laughs> Tucker Hibbard, Fly Racing Zone. Um, all right, let's. T- I don't want to. We got to go, but let's talk 250s a little bit. Um, I didn't see anything because I was. Uh, I haven't watched the show yet. Football games today took priority over that. But Hill won, and again, and, or not again, but Hill won his first race of the year. Rode great. Plessinger, McElrath, Forkner, and Marty. Um, and Jeremy Martin's uh, season is completely kaput um, on that. Ping, let's talk about Martin first. Pretty big surprise. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he, I, I just don't feel like he's. Uh, I know it's tough because he'll put in good lap times, but he's just never been he's never been able to really con- consistently seal the deal in Supercross racing. And I, you know, I don't know what to say about that. I don't want to disrespect him. I've got a ton of respect for Jeremy Martin. He is a bad dude. He works his butt off. He's a great kid. But you know, there's guys like Lammy. There's a great example. Two-time national champion, badass dude. Never could really get it done in Supercross that much, just for whatever reason. And I feel like Jeremy's kind of fallen in that mold a little bit. Um, I, I, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. He's fast. He did. I think he had the quickest lap time of the day in practice. But yep. when it's race time, it's just not coming together for him, you know? Uh, great com- comedic effect with him and Phil crashing together. How huh, Wygant? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just the Phil thing just keeps getting better and better. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. It's almost like at this point, uh, I, I I can't even keep up. Like with the, it's like five things a weekend that are hilarious with Phil. He he flew then, yeah, he, the, he flew his uh, yeah. he flew his trainer out this weekend, Ping, to for help him with some mental things. He had his Sagey out. It was he was just, Sagey was just out here to help him mentally. And then we asked what the okay. problem was, and okay. it's that Phil is Phil is going to the line, basically wanting to like kill every person on the starting line and in the stadium, and maybe himself. Um, just very angry all the time. The coaching, um, this is I guess the scientific terminology, heightened arousal. What they said, <laughs> which I, th- I think that might be something else. Um, but I, I love get how that he often, was so. My wife said, get, <laughs> heightened arousal, <laughs> heightened oh, and lengthened. Oh, good for you. Good for you. you got, got any secrets for that? <laughs> um, so ironically, his trainer was coming, I guess, to uh, to not heighten and not lengthen the arousal, to reduce the arousal and the length of the arousal. Uh, but I thought it was funny that he said it was going to be you so fun t- to race I wonder if he just tells him to think mm-hmm. about baseball or like his grandma's ankle. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to bring Sting in, uh, maybe to... Tantric on the starting line. Uh, uh, delayed arousal. <laughs> he said it'd be fun to uh, race with the Martin brothers now that he's back in the 250s. And then, of course, they're like laying on top of each other in a pile on the first turn. Uh, and then bat- they battled for a lot of the main event somehow. I don't know what happened. I guess Martin got him and then made a mistake and Phil's back ahead. And this is like for last place. So uh, not so fun now. Uh, yeah, he Phil said after the race that perhaps uh, he would have liked Jeremy to like try to stand up a little more and help him more. But <laughs> I don't know what that meant because I got to watch it again. But he's like, I wish the guy would have stood up and helped himself a little more. So um, I thought it was maybe karma because I, I, went, I took these guys out to dinner, uh, Ping, uh, Ping. Uh, out down in Newport Beach um, to this restaurant. Noops. Noops. We were lurking in Noops. 
and I, I bought Phil dinner and his girlfriend and then Seiji because you know I mean we give Phil a lot of shit and he gives us a lot of uh, a lot of um, uh, um, he gives us a lot of material you know week in and week out so I figured it's the best we could do and uh, he, the guy orders like a, a pretty pretty decent sized meal and then him and his girlfriend both add the soup onto it and the soup was six seventy five a bowl and I'm like eh, it could be karma Phil coming back. To get you, I mean, guy says, "Hey, I'll buy your dinner," and you're just like, "Yeah, bring the soup, bring yeah, soup, lobster tail and soup and <laughs> soup and salad." Right, that's what I'm saying. So, anyways, what are you me? That's that's not allowed. I, I think I just, I'm not the only person that would think that way. I, you know, no, I, I think when you, um, you know, when that's you bad when, form. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. Um, so, what happened in the main? You guys talk about it. I don't know. I got to watch it. It was one of the most boring races of all time. It, last yeah. week's race was one of the most exciting, and then somehow this was nothing happened. Seriously, did anything happen, Ping? No, it was uh, it was really like everyone just strung out, and it was a a train, a freight train. It was really boring. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I I was I mean I don't know what, what what's your guys' thoughts on Chisholm? I was watching him roll around in tenth. I'm watching Hanny, and I just he's in ninth, and I'm like, man, this is like. Kind of sad. <laughs> Chisholm, Nicoletti, and Hanny <laughs> combined age eighty four. I just you know you always talk about like open it up and let him. It's not easy, you know what I mean. Like uh, you can't just drop down and think, oh, you know what, I'm going to drop down and kick some ass. Well, <laughs> not really. I mean, funniest Hanny moment for me was uh, walking the track. You know, I didn't walk the whole track because I was a mechanic now, and. I was standing on the finish line, takeoff, and Hanny was coming up, and he was kind of sliding, and he said, he put out his hand, like, for me to give him a hand, and he said, I never thought I would ask this, but can you give me a hand? <laughs> nice. I said, oh, the tables have turned. I will help you up, Josh, my friend Josh. Let me help you. So That's funny. Um, uh, I will say this. Uh, I, I was keeping a pretty close eye on Forkner all night, just kind of watching him, checking him out, and... Dude is a little wild. Yeah, uh, we did you, did you keep an eye on him at all, or yeah, I mean, uh, in the heat especially. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! I mean, I would tell you half a dozen times, I thought he was just going to blow himself out of his Alpine stars. <laughs> he was sideways in the whoop. He's jumping in the in the rhythm lanes like where Kenny crashed, and he's landing right next to the tough blocks, dude. Just, I mean, he's like, oh, god, was sketchy. He just needs to calm down a little bit. I know he's excited. He was leading. Uh, I'm sure that's what I looked like when I was, you know, 17 or 18 or however old he is, too. But right, man, giving me high blood pressure. <laughs> um, I think he's struggling with what we, what what all of us were a little worried. He was in this strange situation of, you know, a lot of people were picking him to win the title. Yeah, and at the same time, he never even won, uh, had never even raced in a Supercross, which is just tough. Yeah. So I think he's having a problem where. You know, he should be able to just learn, like, he'd just take a fourth, just take a third or whatever. But I think he, he even knows himself, like, it's almost like the standard is too high. I feel like when dudes catch him, he really tries hard to hold them off, really tries hard to find that extra 2%. Oh, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like another rider in the 450 class we were just talking about. Um, no. No, I haven't seen him do that. Okay. Um, just run down. The, uh, you can ask the dudes if they think Forkner's dirty. Okay. Uh, yeah. Heard just, that one. Just say. Um, yeah, so I, I do feel that. He's not just taking his laps and being like, I'm just here to learn. And then after the race, uh, I talked to him, and he was like, 
pretty bummed. Like, he's pretty bummed. Like, he got the whole shot, and he got beat, and it, like, really gets him mad. And I'm like, yeah, but it's your third race ever. Right. And he's like, I know, but I was hot at the end of outdoors. He's like, at the Charlotte race, like, they say that Webb and Hurlings are the two best in the world, and I was right there with them, and, and now I get the whole shot, and these guys pass me. So he's just in a really tough spot of having to learn but expecting it's, and being expected to win. It's so and different. I think you see him try hard because of that. It's so different from Ping's age or even past Ping where, like, nobody – Nobody said anything if you were just a kid, a hotshot kid coming in. You were expected to learn and struggle and figure it out. While Kennard and Villapoto and, and everybody else has just destroyed that myth, you know? It's different. Well, not everybody else. That, that doesn't happen too often. It's pretty rare when a guy comes in and all of a sudden he's just crushing it. Um, you know, Stu didn't win his first title. He had big crashes. Um you know, it doesn't always work that way. Ricky won his. Uh, no, no, Ricky no, 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 no. Ricky did not win yeah, his so, first so title. There, there you go. The greatest <laughs> of all time didn't win his first championship. There was a man. Well, who he st- ran into a buzzsaw. He ran into a buzzsaw. <laughs> there was a man who stood in his way, Ping, and would not take no for an answer. Oh, jeez. There was okay. a man. Anyway, a legend. You're, okay, you're you're proving my point. <laughs> <laughs> the man of all, of all men picked down Carmichael in his rookie season. Just, we're going to go so, three, three, two, three, four, two, all the way <laughs> to the top. We're going to double our way to the championship. <laughs> double single so, all the way. So, really, if hey, who you did look Stu at the have guys to deal with? Who win, who did Stu have to deal with? He had to deal with Ping. That's who Stu had to race when he came in. Well, and, and Preston. You, you won races. Yeah, Ping and Preston. Put it to him. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yep. Sellard. Sellard won a race that year. It's a lot of veteran Sellers guys. One, uh, Let's talk about 97 yeah. again, 125 East. Oh, oh God. <laughs> look, if you look at most of the guys, most guys, like Shane McElrath a great example. You're, what is he, three or four? That's about when guys have got, you know, things figured out enough. They got, got, it, they got their training dialed in. They know what they like in a bike. They know how to test. They get how it works, and then they can start winning. Like, it's, it's about year three and year four, somewhere right in that window. So anyone that comes in and does it, you know, year one, that's unreal. If they do it in year two, that's still pretty early. Mm-hmm. If they're going to do it, it's probably year three or year four. For Davalos, it could be year 11 or 12. We don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying, saying anything. I, for his birthday last week, I vowed to not say anything for him about him and freak out uh, for his birthday. I'm just joking. I like Marty. I, I, don't, I don't have the beef with him that you do. I, I don't have any problem with him. Oh, I'm gonna, I tried to bury the beef, but Ping complaining about Davalos being in that class because that's where oh, he can make the most money is kind of like Anderson punching freeze. It's rich. For, it's very <laughs> rich. Let's get yeah. hey. And next up, we're going to call Barry Karsten to talk about uh, Listen, Marty Davalos. Stay. I was done racing dirt bikes at 28. All right, so that was my oldest season. Well, Marty's He's thirty. Gone beyond, years past He's me. gone beyond that. Marty's thirty. Yeah. So, um, hey, uh, that's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, so 70 points to 63, seven points among the top three guys. Uh, Ping, who do you like to bring this home? And, and, you know, obviously things can change, but we've seen sort of a clear, clear little uh, uh, separation here. Yeah, I think if you look back at just historically what guys have done, Hill's been pretty fragile. Always been really, really quick, always really talented, but 
Um, like even with TLD last year, he was coming on really strong, and then he had a get off that was it was okay. I mean, it was, he didn't break anything. He hit his head. He didn't get knocked out. He didn't uh, know the uh, concussion protocol, but he just said, oh, "I hit my head. I'm just going to take like the rest of the season off. Like, <laughs> I'm going to take uh, like <laughs> like nine months now, guys." <laughs> uh, so I just think I, I don't know. I, I I'm not sold that he's capable of putting together the rest of these rounds. Okay. Um, Plessinger and Shane. I think the title's coming out of these two guys. Um, I, you know, I'm torn because I, I truly I think they're both awesome. I, I just think they're like two of the nicest guys. I'd be stoked for either one of them, and um, I'd give Shane a little bit of maybe give him the edge at this point, but it could really go either way. I mean, it's too close to call it right now. Um, I'm still sticking with Plessinger. Uh, Ouija, you finally moving off your J-Mart pick? Uh, we were in a vacuum here. I never even said that. You know, we're just starting from even Steven every week. Doesn't even matter <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not here to talk about the past. Wasn't that uh, McGuire, Mark McGuire? <laughs> yeah, Mark McGuire's a steroid defense. Right. Yeah, I'm not here to talk not about the past. Not looking good for J Mark. Not looking good. Um, all right. Sounds good, guys. Um, yeah. Fantastic. FlyRacing.com, RacerX podcast with David Pingree. Great David Pingree, the incredible David huh. Pingree. For, Thanks for getting me my name right. Former Suzuki rider, <laughs> my Pro Circuit rider, FMF Honda, Primal Impulse KTM factory rider, and uh, Moto World Suzuki rider. And anything else? Uh, no, that's about it. Yep. Troy Lee, Supermoto team rider. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, guys. Uh, thanks very much. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next week. Always a pleasure. Yeah. See you, gentlemen. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just 
thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Dogger, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.